Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. started it has begun we've only just begun what song is that it's the carpenters we've only just begun the carpenters <laughs> we've only just begun <laughs> wow purse you are a music connoisseur yeah i used to love the carpenters did you like them because your dad liked them yes that was the only reason that's cute mm-hmm. i have bands that i liked because my dad liked them my toxic trait is that I love the Eagles so, so much. I literally went to see them perform live by myself. You did? When? Yeah. I was reviewing gigs for this publication in Toronto, and they would send me to shows, but only with one ticket, so I had to go to shows alone. Do you remember that? I remember that, actually, yeah. It was like a year or two that I would just be like, bye, I'm going to the show by myself, and I went to see the Eagles by myself. At a massive arena, and I was sitting next to this like older gentleman who we made friends because he was there by himself too. He was like, "You're 22. Why are you here?" And I was like, "Because I love the Eagles. I can't help it. I just do." And didn't you guys have a combo about your dad? Yeah. So I'll make this story really quick. We had a conversation about my dad because I said I love the Eagles because my dad loves the Eagles, and. My dad just so happened to be at that concert, but he was sitting up in the nosebleeds with my mom. And so he said, oh, where's your dad? And I said, oh, actually, he's up there. And I pointed up to the nosebleeds. And clearly some wires were crossed. He didn't hear me correctly or he was confused. And he turns to me and he goes, oh, well, at least he gave you the love of music. And I was like, wait, I didn't understand, but I kind of just nodded and was like, yeah, yeah, he did. And then after I realized he thought when I was pointing up to the nosebleeds, I was pointing to heaven and saying, my dad died. My dad's gone. But I carry on his legacy of loving the Eagles. And so the entire concert, it was like too late for me to correct him that, oh, my dad's not dead. So for the entire concert, I was sitting there being like, this man thinks my dad is not alive. And then after the concert, of course, I was going to meet up with my dad and my mom because they're, we we're in the same place. And I was like, I hope this man's not with me when I <laughs> when I meet up with my dad, because I'm going to be like, this is my dad. He's not dead. I just didn't know how to tell you. <laughs> well, because at that point, it's too late to just be like, oh, by the way, remember that conversation we had? My dad's like actually up in the nosebleeds, not in the sky. <laughs> it was too late because I didn't realize what happened until maybe like five minutes later. So anyway, Eagles, fun stuff. Take it easy. I love that song. Take it easy. And you know what? We're all about taking it easy. Not anxious Nellie's over here. No. Just kidding. I'm anxious all the time. Me too. Um, But we're working on it. And you know what really helps Purse with my anxiety, I have to say, is interviewing people with you and having great conversations on this podcast, particularly this one. Yeah, this was a really, really great interview. Also, Sarah, so proud of you for that segue. Thank you. I think I might be becoming the segue queen. I don't know. Can you guys weigh in? Who's the segue queen? Is it me? Is it Purse? We're both really vying for that top spot. So and we're very competitive. Very competitive. Who did we have on today, Sarah? On today's episode, we are talking to the one and only Kira Graves. They are an incredible actor and content creator. And Kira actually went to the same high school as Persis, just a few years behind. So they have this like crazy cool Whitby, Ontario connection. And yeah, Kira's 
content is really popular in the queer community, especially in like the Toronto and, and Canadian community. So we really wanted to talk to them about what it's like to be a queer, non-binary actor, content creator, and especially for someone who started acting so young. I feel like Kira's experience is also really relatable for a lot of people who grew up in like the Catholic school system. So we do dive into a little bit of that. And I mean, I related to that too. Like Sarah said, Kira and I went to the same high school and both ended up leaving that high school being very queer. So it was interesting to kind of get that perspective as well. And Kira's content is just awesome. Like I just want to commend them for, you know, kind of being that voice and at such a young age and starting out and being like, no, I need to share my story. So there's more representation because as we know, like the queer content we see is very niche and um, there just needs to be more of it. Yeah, totally. And I think one of my favorite parts of this conversation that you guys are about to hear is when we talk about gender fluidity and how it relates to how you look, especially as someone who is assigned female at birth, like Kira was, a big thing for them was cutting their hair short, which is something that they tell us they had always really wanted to do. And being an actor and just someone assigned female at birth in general, they were told no over and over and over. And I think that conversation about hair and also just aesthetic is really interesting and getting Kira's take was really cool. So if anyone is going through the navigation of their gender right now and trying to figure out like where they identify and where they feel most like themselves, I think that this conversation is going to be really, really juicy for you. Mm-hmm. Get that juice. Lizzo. Lizzo Styles. Oh, juicy, juicy. My friend gave me a belated birthday card that has Lizzo on the front and it says, you're 100% that bitch. Oof, Sarah, you are. And I am too. And so is Kira. Yeah, Kira, you are 100% that bitch. And thank you for coming on. We love you. We're so grateful for this combo. Um, And Kira's energy is just, we said it like 10 times at the beginning of the conversation. We were like, your energy, it's infectious. It's necessary. And it's going down right now on the Girl on Girl podcast. Thank you, Kira, for being a part of the Girl on Girl family. And if you guys want to follow Kira Graves, you can find them at Kira Graves on Instagram, Kira Graves on YouTube, and Kira.Graves on TikTok. Hi. I love the vibe in your room right now. Oh, thank you. This is um, like our little studio space. It's like a den, technically. Like, you know how in Toronto, it's like there's one extra room. It's not really a bedroom, but it's just like a random extra room. Um, So it's kind of like my partner does sound editing um, for film and TV. So this is kind of like their setup here. Kira, thank you so much for chatting with us. We're so stoked to talk to you. And just take this hour of your time. We're so grateful. Oh, my God. Thank you for reaching out to me. I love doing podcasts. Like, I don't have one myself, but, like, I get so excited when people are like, get out, go, come on my podcast. I'm like, you want me to talk on your podcast? Like, I'm very grateful for you guys, so. Of course. That's really nice to hear because sometimes I wonder if people are like, you want me to talk for an hour? Like, what? Like, that's horrible. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? But you are an actor and a content creator. So you're pretty good at talking. That's one of yes. your many skills. Thank you. I do love talking. <laughs> I do. It, and it's sometimes like I, I ramble. Sometimes it's too much talking. Cut off the answers if I'm just <laughs> going on a tangent. <laughs> no worries. We love the tangents. We support it, if anything. Okay. And Kira, I love that we have the Austin connection. Like I was... So funny. Yeah. Okay, so for for the listeners, let's just start off with this because this is crazy. For yeah. the listeners, Persis and Kira went to the same high school, but not necessarily went to high school together. Right. Yeah. No. Not the same year. I graduated in 2017 from high school. When did you graduate? 2013. So Oh, okay. So I yeah. would have been gone. Yeah. Yeah. Pers, you were telling me about this teacher was just telling Sarah about (laughs) yes that is the reaction I was waiting for okay what happened did he do something to you 
Two things. Um, so I was just telling Sarah, I always knew there was something up with him, like some homophobic tendencies with this man. And I was figuring out my sexuality through high school as well. And at the time I identified as bi. And so I, with my friend, I was like, you know what, let's just like test this out and see like what his reaction is going to be. So I literally walked into my classroom holding her hand and he got really mad and he said like stop this nonsense like no one wants to see this and i kept thinking like if i did that with a guy he wouldn't have said anything yeah there were a lot of red flags in that man like (laughs) he had like a weird favoritism thing going on with me and i did not want any of it oh my god one time i was walking through the hallway it was like grade 10 And he was, I would purposely avoid the religion wing because he would be standing outside his classroom, just, you know, watching the the kids go by or whatever. And one time I like had to cross through the religion wing. And this was like a year after he'd been my teacher. So like we hadn't really talked or whatever. And he looks at me, he's like, where's my hug? And I was like, (laughs) Kira, I was like, uh, <laughs> like whatever and then I kept walking and he's like where's my hug he would also talk about sex a lot in his classes oh yeah you know the whole thing he did where he when he was like one flesh union do you remember that oh, you guys what, what, is, what? <laughs> you know what he told me he came up and he he's like I am dangling I can't I can't even say I can't. he's like talking about temptation and he's like yeah. I'm dangling a carrot in front of your face do you know what the carrot is? And I was like, what are, this is disgusting. Too much. That man needs, that man needs to go. Do you think he's still there? I don't know. I don't know. Bro. Okay, he needs to go. That's all I gotta say. I might ask this girl that I know who graduated like in 2020, because I feel like she would know if he was there, like at least that last year. But I feel like he would. I feel like he would be. I feel like he's been there for like 30 years and he'll never leave, you know? Can you please ask and let us know what they say? I will. <laughs> I really want to know. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Oh, anyways, sorry you had to go through that. I'm sorry um, you had to go through that. No, thank you. It's just, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, that, that you also had him as a teacher because. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. moving on. Listen, look at us now. Yes, we are thriving. We are thriving. Um, so, Kira, for starters, uh, for any of our listeners who don't know you, tell us about you. Okay. What are your pronouns? What's your sign? How do you identify? Okay, so my name is Kira Graves. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and she, her. Usually I prefer they, them. Um, I'm gender fluid, I'm queer. Um, I'm an actor and a content creator. I'm a Taurus, Virgo moon, Gemini rising. (laughs) I love, I love astrology. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, we really do. Taurus season. Let's go. I guess we could tell you, I know you said Virgo moon, right? Yeah. The thing about Virgos, I know that they're very, could be practical. Are you organized? Yeah, like the fact that I was two minutes late coming onto the Zoom call really upset me. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. Well, Kira, you did mention that you're a queer content creator. So, I mean, I always love this question, but when did you first realize you were queer? Did you have like an aha moment? Um, I knew that I, I knew that something was different about my sexuality. I just didn't know what it was. So like for the longest time, I called it, floating in the void of my sexuality because I had no idea like what my label was. Like I thought I might've been demisexual. I had no idea like what label suited me. I just knew I was on, you know, the spectrum. I feel like the aha moment was probably watching Orange is the New Black and like replaying the sex scenes. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like, I and then I was like, hold on why am I doing this? And then I, I was like having an existential crisis because I was like, oh, but this goes against like my religion. This goes against my family. This goes against my school and everything I was taught. Oh, fuck. So yeah, like I came out like as bisexual first in grade 12, I think it was. I started 
a GSA at Austin. Um, you did? I did. Yes. Okay. I love that. Yeah. That's kind of wild because we just interviewed someone who also started a GSA at their high school like two days ago. No yeah. way. Yeah. 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 And it's funny. I started it when I was just a straight ally, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, I really mm-hmm. care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I care so like, much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just so passionate about the LGBTQ plus community. Like, I'm really upset about all the injustices. Like, I want to make it right. And like, I remember telling my mom, like, I created a GSA and she's like, well, why would you create the GSA? Why wouldn't a gay person create it? And I was like, well, I don't know, just because like no one else was doing it. So <laughs> you're like, mom, I just want to stick up for the gays. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was like, no one else is going to do it. So I'm going to step in and I'm going to do it. Um, and then later on, we find out that I am indeed the gay. So I think that's very badass that you did that though. Thanks. Me it was too. scary. Oh my God. The principal and a lot of the teachers were giving us a lot of backlash, but we were like, you technically can't prevent us from making this club because it's outward discrimination. Like every other club in every other school in Whitby has a GSA. Why shouldn't we have a GSA? Like even other Catholic schools did. So I'm like, we need this. Like we need this at the school. There's so much discrimination going on. Like I'm just going to make it happen. And like, I don't care if people are mad at me, like it's the right thing to do. So Good for you. It's really surprising that you got, that it was like a struggle or a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the thing is like, there were certain things we couldn't talk about. Like we couldn't necessarily promote gay marriage because it's against the Catholic religion. Interesting. So, but obviously I did like, (laughs) (laughs) I love the energy so much. That's the number one thing we're going to work on. And then also like we had to have an extra, we had to have the chaplain in every meeting, you know, the chaplain, right? Yeah. Like the, the head of the religious, like the head of religion at the school. Yes. Um, she supposedly had to be in every meeting just to make sure, you know, everything was kosher, but she didn't even end up coming to like any of the meetings. (laughs) So it was good. She was like, no, thank that's, you. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, to be honest. <laughs> it was it probably, yeah, definitely was. Even sometimes like the teacher supervisor forgot to show up. And I'm like, well, you know what? We're still gonna, we're still gonna have the club meeting. Cause like it was, the te- it's the teacher's fault for not being here. <laughs> that totally. is so badass. Cause you are rebelling in that moment. You're at a Catholic school. It doesn't yep. exist yet. Yep. Was there any part of you when you were creating, like, obviously you felt very passionate about, about like, injustice and the queer community was there any part of you at that time that was like I wonder if there's even a little something more to this or were you totally just like straight ally I'm a straight ally that's a good question um I think I started to realize that there was something more to it when I had a good friend and she was like the only outwardly like queer gay person in the school and I had such a crush on her and I was like you have to come to the club meetings like you have to come and like I would always just like change my makeup based on her style so like she was more punk rock kind of thing so I purposely went out of my way in the morning to like put on extra eyeliner wear ripped jeans wear a mesh shirt because I was like I want to impress you and it low-key worked like she complimented me a lot on my outfit so anyways (laughs) okay yeah could have been a budding romance (laughs) yeah that's that's a whole another story um we didn't end up dating or anything but right yeah I love that I feel like almost every single guest we have on is like when we ask this question like did you have any sort of aha moment it's always like well there was a friend who I had a huge crush on and yeah. I didn't even call it a crush in the moment, but I was doing things like changing my makeup so that it would impress them and just exactly. being like, sure. oh, it's because they're my friend and I want them to think I'm cool. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. so, yeah. It's a very like universal thing that queers, I feel like experience. <laughs> very yeah. much so. Purse at it. That's for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> I had, I had my girl who was like my best friend. Yep. in high school that later I was like I was in love with you yeah 1000 percent no seriously yep absolutely 
How is uh, your grade in terms of queerness? Because at least I know for me, like my grade was so hetero. So like there was no one in my circle who I could really relate to. Yeah. Um, the only person was like that one girl. And then my best friend was like the best ally ever like she loved the gays like she was one of those straight girls that like loves the gays you know what I mean right mm-hmm. so yeah. I, was very, I was very lucky that I had her um because she got really excited when I came out to her she was like oh my god yay <laughs> reaction That's you're like support you, you need yes. yes so even though like you know no one else in my grade I don't think was gay. I mean, I'm sure they were, but like they weren't out. Um, I had like my best friend who was super supportive. So, and then the other friend that was like outwardly queer. Okay, cool. Did you have like a coming out story or multiple stories? Like there, there's so much to it. It's such a like complicated time in my life where like I came out to multiple different people, like at different times in my life. So I wouldn't say there's like one specific coming out story. It was kind of just like me gradually introducing the idea to my mom being like, I might be bi. And then like months go by and I'm like, hey mom, like I'm still bi. And she's like, wait, what? I thought that was a phase. Mm. (laughs) So classic. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then just like with certain members of my family, it was different it was good it was bad it was whatever it's kind it was kind of all over the place to be honest did you have a coming out on the internet moment kind of I remember I posted this one video it was a Q&A and like I wanted to make it really casual so someone asked me about my sexuality or something and I put the question at the very end of the video and I answered it and I was like yep I'm bisexual and then like after that everyone was like oh my god (laughs) it's like they really trigger fingers yeah like "Ah!" (laughs) I love that yeah because before like I was on the show and I had a lot of fans from that show and like those fans were they had no idea and they were freaking out and they were like hey you need to make more videos on this so that's literally how I went got into my niche of like YouTube. right so were you already doing YouTube videos just for fun kind of for your fan base yeah yeah I was doing mostly song covers because I sing as well so nice yeah. very cool what was the cover that blew up the most that you were like oh shit that one was good well <sighs> covers that I thought were good didn't get a lot of attention and covers that I was like this kind of sucks but I'm gonna put it out there anyway went viral so like (laughs) that's always how it works that's always how it works yeah but I did do a parody cover of Thank You Next by Ariana Grande and I made it like the gay version and I would say that that's the video that blew up and then like you know it kind of went viral a lot of queer YouTubers saw it and like started promoting my channel on their social medias and then that's what kind of made my um, platform grow as well that is so cool purse we should link that video in the show notes so everyone yes. can go watch it if they haven't seen it yet sure. absolutely I love Actually, song parodies me too and I know you did one um break up with your girlfriend mm-hmm. yeah yes. I saw that one yeah yeah I did that one too it was it was break up with your boyfriend right oh, yeah. right yeah because it was like oh I like that yeah, I was singing about a girl who I liked and I and she had a boyfriend and I'm just like, break up with her boyfriend and be with me kind of thing. <laughs> okay, the energy. Yeah. Good. It's so good. I'm You're in so love badass. with your energy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Okay, so acting, that's a pretty cool thing that you do. I'm I'm like very obsessed with the acting profession. My sister's an actor and I've always just thought it was the coolest thing ever. How did you first become interested in it? Were you kind of starting really young? Yeah, so my mom was kind of already in the industry. She had a modeling agency up in Sault Ste. Marie, which is where we all used to live. I was born there. Um, And she also did 
her fair share of acting like commercials and print and stuff like that. And so once we moved to the GTA, um, my mom got me an agent and then I started doing commercials, mostly commercials at first. And then I stopped for a little while because I wanted like a normal childhood. And then I picked it back up in like my preteen years. And then I've been doing it ever since. So kind of my whole life. <laughs> That's cool that you stopped for a sec to have a childhood. Was that your, do you remember if that was your decision or was that kind of maybe your mom being like, mm, I want to make sure she has some of her childhood left. It was actually my decision, like, nice. um, it, and I was so young too, to have that decision. Like I remember I booked, I'm pretty sure it was a craft singles commercial, like the sliced cheese. Yes. I booked it. It was like the day before I was supposed to go on set. And I was like, mom, I really don't want to go. And she was like, why, why, why? Like this, this is your, you've got something really good going on. Like you're booking so much. And I was just like, I don't know. It's just not fun anymore. Like I want to mm. do other things. Like I want to do like normal kid stuff, you know? Good for you. I liked that you had that kind of sense of knowing at such a young age. You were like, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but it's just, I remember that moment. It's natural. Yeah. Okay. And then you got into your teens and you were on the show that you, I think were referencing earlier, which was Lost and Found Music Studios. And you were only 16 when you were on that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, at the time you feel old, like when we're 16, right. we feel old, but we now do. crazy young, right? Like you don't know Maybe. anything. So no. what was that experience like, especially as a young assigned female at birth person on set? Because I, imagine that's a pretty male dominated place to be maybe an intimidating space to be what was that experience like well that was like a highlight of my life like it was such an incredible experience like I can't even I can't even describe in words like how it just like launched my career and like made me realize I wanted to pursue acting because I had no idea I wanted to pursue it like I was just like oh I'm doing it on the side whatever but then once I booked like the literal lead in this family channel Netflix show I was like oh shit and I went to like work every day loving my life and like just so it was so surreal and all of the cast and crew were family to me like I made so many friends and it was literally such a great experience I love that so your experience was positive like beginning to end did you feel like empowered did you feel like as the lead yeah yeah I was like and another thing is like I wasn't even a singer like I didn't think I could sing at all and the show is a singing show and so I was kind of like very discouraged going to the audition. I was like, I don't really, like, I'm not really a singer. I only sing in the car in the shower. Um, so then once I booked it, I was like, oh, I can actually do this now. And like, I guess I'm good at it. Like, yes. and also I can pursue acting. Like that's a thing that you can do. Great. Right. I'm going to keep doing it. So yeah, it was great. Can I watch it on Netflix? Like how could people watch it yeah. now? So it was on Netflix up until like December or something. They took it down for some reason. I don't know mm. why. Um, I guess it was just like, wasn't getting enough views or something. Um, Lame. So I don't really know where you can watch it now. Maybe on the Family Channel website. I don't know, actually. Cool. Okay. Also, I bet you I could, you know, stream it illegally. I'm not condoning <laughs> illegal streaming, but it's, you know, it's probably yeah. out there in the world. Find it. Yeah. Let's get into your queer content creation because I'm obsessed with your YouTube channel. Oh, thanks. It's great. It is so good. It's so successful. Um, but do you remember the first video that you actually ever posted on that channel? Like queer video or just video in general? Just regular video. Yeah, it was a um, live performance of me singing an Ella Fitzgerald song at this like little gala type thing. And my Ooh. mom was like, Kira, you should do a YouTube. You should do a YouTube. Post your songs on there. Like, and also, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And Lost and Found was also encouraging us to get YouTube channels as well. Um, so, and I really didn't want to do it. I was like, oh, that's so much work. Like, I don't want to put my voice out there. It's kind of scary. Um, so, yeah, we uploaded, like, it was literally recorded on a phone, like on my mom's Samsung Galaxy. And, like, it's really shit at <laughs> shit quality, but it's up there, I think, still. Um, yeah, that was literally the first video. <laughs> what song were you singing? Do you remember? 
Um, was it at last? No, that's Etta James. Oh, whoops. Um, what was it called? My bad. Yeah, but you should know. No, I'm joking. I'm like, I'm such a jazz snob. Like, I love jazz singers. Like, um, okay, what what was it called? I, I did a lot of Ella Fitzgerald covers, so I don't remember right now. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she's my favorite um, vocalist of all time. Nice. She's amazing. I love like, I mean, this is pretty basic, but I just love everything she does with Louis, like all of their collaborations. There's like not a single one that doesn't make me feel so warm and fuzzy. They're so good. They're so good together. They're just beautiful. Oh, I know. It's like magic when they get together. I need to get more into jazz. I wish I could contribute, but. Okay. Hey, I thought it was Etta James. Okay. So okay. listen, <laughs> Okay. you're I good purse. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. And then obviously like now you post a lot of queer content. So what like really made you kind of lean into that as your niche? Like, did you notice there needs to be more queer content out there? Because there definitely does. Or was it just like you being a queer content creator? It just came to you naturally. Well, I think I said this before, but um, people were encouraging me to make more queer content. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll keep making it. So just the more queer videos I put out there, like the more views it had and like people were really mm. interested and I would post a video about something not queer and, the, and it would get like no views. So it was kind of like a natural thing where I just started doing it and like never stopped, <laughs> but it's fun. Like I enjoy it obviously. Um, but yeah, it happened very synchronistically. Mm -hmm. I love that and also the views tell you the views tell you like your audience will tell you and we wanted to ask you about that too like your audience clearly played a big role in like you finding that niche and you probably feeling safe to talk about your sexuality and like part of that community so as you've continued to create how does your audience impact what you create do you engage with them a lot and see what they want to to hear yeah they give me lots of great ideas because half the time I'm so lost as to what video I'm going to make next. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like I've exhausted all the queer topics that I could possibly talk about, but oh. my viewers will be like, no, but what about this and this and this? And I'll be like, oh my God, yes, thank you. Give me ideas. This is great. Yeah. So it's very collaborative. The same thing happens with us. I remember when we started this project, we were like, well, I mean, there's only so many topics we could cover, right? And I mean, I think we're at like 55 plus episodes now. And every single week we have a listener being like, what about this? Have you guys heard about this? I'd really love for you to talk about this. And yeah, we're like, like yeah, never check, happened. check, check. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk pretty candidly about sex on your platforms. When do you feel like that started coming into your content? Was it pretty inherent right away? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like very scared to talk about sex at first. Like even sometimes now I feel a weird <sighs> internalized homophobia or some kind of stigma where it's like oh if you talk about sex people are gonna look at you in this way or maybe it's not gonna be professional or maybe you're not gonna book roles that mm. are like for family audiences like right uh. so it's like annoying but it I'm really passionate about it so I've started to make I've started to make content about sex a lot more often recently but yeah. um, I didn't start making content about sex literally I think until maybe last year or the year before like very recently probably mm -hmm. last year 2021 yeah yeah and your audience was probably asking for it too right they're probably it like was. let's dive into like the real talk yeah yeah and I was like oh, I don't know I'm scared <laughs> It is scary. We just talked to um, a queer sex educator and they also put, like talk very candidly about sex on their channels. And we were saying like, how do you deal with th that? Like nervousness, like the block the society has told us we're not supposed to talk about sex openly. And for them, it was just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you just have to let that go. I know, I know. And I need people to like keep reminding me that like, it's not going to hurt other aspects of my career. Like, no. why would it? Like, if you think about it, why, why would it? Like, if someone is weird about that, like, I don't want to be on your set. You know what I mean? 
That's the absolutely. Way to yeah, like, and if if it's like a open queer women run like queer run set, that's the kind of set that I want to be on, and that's the kind of set that would encourage the type of content that I'm making. Right. So in a way it doesn't really matter because I'm attracting the type of people that I want to be around, you know? Mm -hmm. 1000%. I was just about to say you're, you're attracting the right people. And if anything, you're, you're pushing the wrong people away. And I mean, that can only mean good things. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. A lot. <laughs> we yeah. talk a lot on the pod about queer sex in particular and queer sex education and just releasing all the stigmas associated with queer sex. And I could imagine a lot of your audience are like baby gays or people who are just starting to, to experience their sexual life as a queer person. A lot of our listeners are like that as well. So what, um, is like the main thing that you would want baby gays to know about queer sex as they start venturing into this new part of their life. Okay. Um, probably to not worry so much about performing the right way or like doing the right thing and just focusing on listening to the other person and like their cues and let that lead what you're going to do with them in the bedroom. Not, oh, I watched this video on YouTube that said I'm supposed to rub the clit in this direction. Like, or, yeah. oh, I yeah. saw this on, you know, a porn show, a porn movie. So I'm going to do it in the bedroom. Like, I would say just follow your intuition and listen to the other person and try to be as present as possible with them in the moment. That is great advice. Listening is so key because oh, it's so easy to get in our heads, right? Like I even remember the first time, like I had queer sex, like I was full blown panicking. Like yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing or what am I supposed to be doing? But it is just about listening to the other cue, the other person's cues and um, communicate. Yeah. That could be really fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Communication is the number one thing that I feel like everyone says, but like, I'm going to say it too. Yes. Yeah. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Okay. What is the main thing that you want straight people listening to know about queer sex? Because that's such a huge part of what we try to do here is we actually do have quite a few straight listeners and we always try to like, make sure that we're speaking to straight people too, who just want to learn and know more. Right. That's so important. Um, hmm. I would say that it doesn't need to be fetishized. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yep. A lot. It's lesbian sex in particular is so fetishized in porn, in the media, and like women's bodies are so objectified in that way, and like women's bodies together. Um, but I would just say it's like literally the same thing as what you're doing. Like say it again, know. it is the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, like I, that's, there's nothing else to it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so for, uh, coming from the straight perspective, I have to say like the number one thing that like I've learned just being Persis's friend for 10 years is that it's like queer sex is just sex. Like, and it, yeah. it's just sex like it's yeah. it's the same but it's also its own beautiful thing too like we're never going to take away from that right. um but it's just, it's just sex yeah it's yeah. sex guys all the same sexy things you're doing yeah you can do anything you can yeah. do like queer people can do anything that straight people are doing just maybe modified you know yeah yeah totally and probably better we yeah. were talking, we were interviewing a queer sex educator and um, they were saying, oh no, Persis, you were saying, was it one of the first times you had sex with a girl? You came four times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you were like, what? You were like, huh? Yes. 
This is possible? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is something that I have not experienced with like having sex with cis men is that yeah. like with queer sex, you're orgasming every time. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't doing that before, like with mm -hmm. boyfriends and stuff. Um, but yeah, with queer sex, you're always, you're always going to orgasm most of the time, most of the time. Like, yeah. Like it depends, but for sure. Exactly. Like you said, like most of the time it's happening and that's why I was shook it out of my core. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like what is happening? Yeah. I think it's also not to say that like straight people don't do this, but there's like, there's like a consideration there where it's like, I want you like you care about the other person's pleasure just as much as yours kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like sometimes with like cis men, like they'll just want to get themselves off and then they don't care about the like girl that they're with. They're just like, all right, I'm good. I'm sure you're fine. You know, like with so many of my straight friends have said that and it's real. it's, first of all, shocked me. But then I was like, ah, oh, no, actually that made sense. That makes sense. Cause like, I've had experiences like that too. Um, yep. and it just sad, like it sucks. Like you want the other person to care about your pleasure and consider. Of course. Yeah. I do also wonder if sometimes it's coming from a place of, first of all, maybe not caring, but also potentially, um, some self-consciousness of not knowing or understanding how to make them feel good. I think a lot of cis men, if don't know how to make a woman feel good, they, right. and yeah. so that's like a, almost like a self-conscious thing. And then it translates to, I don't really care if you get off because like, sometimes I, I have definitely wondered, like, is this just a self-conscious thing, you know, of like, you actually don't know what to do. And so you're not even attempting to ask what you should do or learn what you should do. And yeah. I mean, it's all part of toxic masculinity, you know? Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but no, that makes sense. And also like, they're not taught really how to please a woman like because the yeah. only sex education is porn yeah and it's not realistic and that's not where you should learn things from but like can't blame them if they don't have any other education you know what I mean so exactly yeah it's all systemic but ultimately like straight men cis men if you're listening you know educate yourself okay you can find all the information you and talk to your partner communicate that's all you got to do and it's true. you can do what queer people are doing in the bedroom like you can make your partner orgasm yes. all the time yep you just have to like four times four, yeah four <laughs> times exactly four times okay <laughs> yeah um, yeah, you just have to educate yourself a little bit further and get to know the anatomy of a vagina and a vulva and like just how females experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the information is very readily available for you. Um, anyone listening who wants to know, including queer listeners who are like, I'm about to have sex with a girl for the first time. What do I do? SOS. We really want to talk to you about gender, because as you mentioned at the beginning of the convo, you are gender fluid. Um, and I think, especially being an actor, the topic of representation comes up. It's like who like non-binary and gender fluid representation is so important, especially now as it's becoming something that is maybe more societally OK. I'm using air quotes to be out there in the world. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you see any gender fluid or non-binary people around you, like in real life, in the movies? No, no absolutely not. Like, I feel like the first non-binary person I got close with was one of my exes. They're trans now but I think at the time they considered themselves non-binary but anyways um yeah like I only knew of non-binary people like in high school I would say um mm. but even then I didn't really know much about it because no one was talking about it like no one was out and proud that I knew so mm. yeah I had, and that's part of the reason why I had no idea that I'm gender fluid until last year <laughs> Yeah. Was there something last year that, was there like a bit of an aha moment there for you? 
It was mainly, um, I can thank my partner for that because they were kind of going through their own gender journey and we related on a lot of levels. And I just didn't realize that like, there wasn't just one way to be non-binary. You know what I mean? Like I had only seen one way of, of a non-binary person existing. And when my partner was going through their own gender journey, I was like, wait, it isn't just a one one look, one experience, one feeling, like it's a whole spectrum. And there's a lot of even smaller gender identity labels under the non-binary category. Right. That's such an exciting thing to, that's such an exciting realization. I think just the idea of fluidity in general or a spectrum in general is so exciting. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was- free. Yeah, it does feel like that now, but definitely in the moment I was really scared because I didn't know what it meant. And I feel like I had a lot of like internal transphobia, even like I was kind Mm. of like, I can't can't be this way. Like I was just rejecting it. Um, And like most of my family doesn't accept it or acknowledge it. Um, So it's kind of, it was a scary moment, but now that I'm like out to the internet and like most of my friends, um, I feel a lot more me um, and like empowered and my followers literally helped me get there and like helped me feel validated in my gender identity so much that they probably don't even know, but it's true. That's huge. I hope they're listening to this right now and they're like, okay, that I did, I did that. They did do that. And I'm sure they will be listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. Like to find that through like the internet as well. Right. Like that can be such a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And even though like it was weird, uh, when I first started talking about gender fluidity, cause there was a lot of backlash and I'm sure there still is but I think I'm just paying less attention to it like but when I was first when I first came out on the internet there was a lot of people being like no this is fake like this doesn't exist like you're you were born female equals you're a woman basically um and just a lot of people trying to invalidate me and that made it harder for me to accept myself and I almost wanted to go back in the closet for a while because I saw all these people being like you don't exist that's not valid and so I was like oh shit okay must not be valid yeah (laughs) but then like I just kind of took a while to not talk about it and then regained my confidence and then started making more content about it and now I don't even care what people say anymore (laughs) yeah I also, you've talked on your channels before about your hair and we talk about hair a lot on this pod and how it relates to gender and sexuality. Um, And was it like a tough decision for you to cut your hair, especially being an actor? Were you like nervous about your agents being cool with it or like what roles you might get? Yeah, that was a whole thing. That's a whole nother topic. Like (laughs) I have wanted to cut my hair like this since 2018 and I've had so many people tell me no 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 like you're it's not going to suit your face like I've even talked to hairdressers and they're like it's not going to suit your face it's not going to look good on you can't picture it on you I wouldn't do it what so many people say that and then like I had family members that were like uh like you're gonna look like butchy you know they're like oh we don't want you to look like that like you're gonna lose your pretty face or I don't know just like (laughs) weird shit like that um and then I had an agent tell me oh you're gonna you're not gonna book as many roles or you're going to be stereotyped and pigeonholed into a certain type of role but I'm with a really great agent now and she she fully (sighs) supports me and you know amazing my hair my gender how I look my sexuality everything she's like you know what this is like this is you you can't bring anything that's not you like if you fake 
who you are, it's going to fake the character. Like, right. like it's going to be inauthentic. You need to be authentic because you're playing real characters, you know? And yep. like, you're not comfortable, it's going to show through. So like, you yeah. need to be comfortable first and foremost and like confident, you know? Yeah. I think confidence is huge. You have to feel like yourself. And that's exactly what you said. Like when you were, when you were out as gender fluid, you felt more like yourself. And I think that's like the number one takeaway when it comes to gender, all these conversations we have about gender. It's like, it's just about being in my body, confident, me, like happy. That's who wouldn't want that. Yeah. It's like, we can fight and fight about what gender even is. Does it actually exist? You know, are you just, um, perpetuating gender norms even more but it's like it's just a label and like if it makes someone happy why are you gonna argue with them on that you know yeah someone will never understand yeah so yeah that's a whole it's a whole big gender is like a heavy topic that like for sure it's a lot. And you, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't seamless for you. You had all these people telling you no, and not just to your hair, but to your, to who you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not easy. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to thank you so much for your time. And just to wrap up this whole like lovely conversation we just had with you. Do you have any advice for anyone who's in the process of figuring out their sexual identity or their gender identity? Hmm. I think I would say, you know you best. No one can tell you who you are, what you are, or how you feel. So even though people will try to be like, no, you shouldn't be this. No, you can't be that. They don't, they don't know you. Like, why would their opinion be higher than how you feel? So just take people's opinions with a grain of salt as much as I know that's so difficult to do but like they're only coming from their own place of whatever they're dealing with internally like whenever someone projects something negative onto you there's something negative inside of them that they feel about themselves so just remember that I would say that's That's huge yeah that's huge because I think it's really quick to go inward and be like there must be something wrong with me Yeah. And it's easy for young people to do that because like, you don't always have that like emotional maturity to be like, wait, no, actually you don't know me. Like I know me better than me. Um, so even though it might not make sense in your head, just like, trust me on it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And if you have any like listeners, if you have any queer mentors in your life, even if it is someone like Kira who exists for you on the internet, that's a great outlet to start building some of that emotional intelligence and start building some of that confidence and like, okay, I think I'm starting to understand who I am because I see Kira being completely who they are. Oh, yeah. You know, that's how I came to terms with my own like sexuality and gender identities. Like I found people on the internet that had the same story. Like YouTube has been such a help for me, not even me making content, but me watching other people's content. How can our listeners Watch all your content, interact with you, follow you, all the things. Yeah. So you can follow me on YouTube, just at my name, Kira Graves. Um, you can follow me on TikTok at Kira.Graves, Instagram at Kira Graves. I, my partner and I also have a Patreon where um, oh, awesome. we, post, yeah, we post like exclusive photos, videos, a podcast, like a Patreon only podcast um TikToks, life updates, stuff like that, because they don't really share like um our relationship necessarily online for the public. So like, you know, if you're part of that inner circle, you get to see like an inside look at like our lives together and our relationship more so. Um that's then, amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. And then um I think that's it. I have a movie coming out soon. Don't know when. Um <laughs> don't know what it's called. They might change the name, but if you follow me on social media, I will definitely be promoting it. Um, but yeah, it should be coming out soon. That's so exciting. Do you know if it's like Netflix? Is it like a theatrical release? 
So it's most likely going to be Lifetime. Okay, nice. cool. <gasps> so exciting. I love yeah. Lifetime. I love I know. Lifetime movies. They're <laughs> Me fun. too. They're fun. They're really fun. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And is there anything else that you want to plug? Anything exciting coming up? Oh, I have things, but they're not like set in stone. Mm. So I can't really like say it yet. Okay. But yeah, but if you follow me on any of my social medias, I'll be talking about that. Yeah, perfect. And then we'll put all of Kira's information, all the things that they just said into the show notes. So if you guys go there, you can find TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Um, and we're just so grateful for you. This was such oh, a nice conversation, cool. honestly. Yeah, I know. It was awesome. I love talking to you guys too. Great questions. And I'm glad that like you guys get where I'm coming from um, and that you, that you want to spread, spread the word, the, que- the gay word. The gay. I always want to spread the gay of, word. Yeah. The word oh. of the gay. Yes. Any, anytime I can, you yeah. know. Should we speak. change the name of our podcast to the gay word? The gay word. Is it kind of perfect? I kind of love that the gay word. A little <laughs> the gay word. It's like the word of the Lord, but like the gay word. Yes, uh, I really like it. It's catchy. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. Okay, it's happening. It's happening. It's done. We're changing our whole, our whole name, our whole, our whole everything. Girl on girl, girl essence. It's retired. You heard it here, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, guys. All right, it's just P. the way you make me feel. Oh, it's just the way you make me feel. Oof. Who is the singer behind that glorious song, Persis? It is the fabulous Janelle Monet. Yes, it is. And why are we talking about Janelle Monet on today's In Case You Missed It? Because Janelle Monet came out as non-binary. Yes, they did, baby. So just recently, um, I'm just looking at an article from Good Morning America. Janelle Monet opened up their gender identity and came out as non-binary during the latest episode of Red Table Talk. Um, I also love Red Table Talk. Have I ever told you that I live for their conversations? I think you have. I've never watched it before, but I, whenever they talk about the Will Smith slap, I will be tuning in. <laughs> I hope they do. With bells on. <laughs> yeah, they better. Um, but anyway, Janelle sat down with the hosts for a very personal interview and just told the trio... I'm non-binary, so I don't see myself as a woman solely. I feel all of my energy. I feel like God is so much bigger than he or the she, and if I am from God, I am everything. Um, And then another, um, Janelle also added on to this and said, but I will always, always stand with women. I will always stand with black women, but I just see everything that I am beyond the binary. Um, And then in a Los Angeles Times interview that was published um, last Thursday, Monet also noted, my pronouns are free-ass motherfucker, and they, them, her, she. (laughs) That's actually amazing. (laughs) Yeah. um, We're obsessed. This is... This is exciting, especially coming off this conversation with Kira, talking about their experience um, being gender fluid. I think it's really great to see someone as prominent as Janelle having navigated their gender throughout their entire career. I mean, when Janelle first came on the scene, do you remember their whole thing was the suit, the like the cool pantsuit? vibe which was very much tied to their blackness it was very much tied to black history but i think janelle's always been someone who has kind of skirted the line of gender and played around in different areas and so it's exciting to see them stepping into something that feels most authentic to them and even though i am not personally religious i do like that what they said about like if i am from god and i believe that i am from god then I can be anything and I am everything. I think that's a really cool way to look at it, especially as we talk about how religion ties to all of these queer issues. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of beautiful. And I'm just looking into this a little bit more. Janelle also has been in both monogamous and polyamorous relationships. And they also discussed like what they look for in a romantic partner and I feel like I've heard this a lot too with some of the people we've even interviewed and who I talked to, but Janelle says, when I see people, I see your energy first. I don't see like how you identify. 
And I feel like that opens you up to fall in love with any beautiful spirit. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it's cool that I do. I think it'd be cool in a future episode to maybe explore like how pansexuality, like being fluid in your sexual identity can influence your gender identity as well. Like once you embrace fluidity in one part of your life, it's like I would imagine you start thinking a lot about like, well, then everything can be fluid. Like my my gender can be fluid. And, and I wonder how those two things connect for Janelle. Janelle, just come on the podcast and tell us about it. I would combust. <laughs> Into a million pieces. I think Janelle is so, so fucking cool. So cool. And um, I didn't realize that Janelle came out as pansexual in April 2018. That was actually a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, Janelle also tweeted, hashtag, I am non-binary. This was in 2020. So they tweeted that. And then obviously the community was like, oh, is Janelle saying like that, that they are non-binary? But in subsequent interviews, uh, they said that they used the hashtag to bring more awareness to the community. So it was more of like a solidarity, 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 more of a solidarity thing um, at that point. But, you know, maybe started some speculation amongst the queers. <laughs> Got it. Well, honestly, Janelle, thank you for just being you and being so open and actually, you know, talking about this so publicly. I always admire Like Sarah said, someone who has that type of influence and is able to actually speak out about their experience is so influential and so incredibly important for us to keep seeing that. Like, I love hearing more and more people coming out as gender fluid or coming out in the queer community. Like, it's just like very, very nice to see that because I keep thinking about people who grow up and see that representation. Absolutely. And I think one last thing I just want to say about this is I think this is important to know um, that Janelle struggled with this coming out as well. Like it, I think sometimes you can look at people like Janelle and be like, oh, it must be so easy for them to like come out into the world and be so confident and say this. But um, when they were on Red Table Talk, they said, um, I thought I needed to have all my answers correct before coming out as non-binary. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And also I hadn't had the necessary conversations yet with my family. I didn't want to work that out with the world. So it was a huge process for them. It wasn't like, you know, seamless A to Z, easy peasy. So if you're um, looking up to Janelle, know that you can also look up to the fact that they had to go through a big process to get to this point and they're going to continue to go through many more processes, especially since their family is religious. So just because it just because it's badass and it comes with a lot of confidence does not mean that it came with ease. So give yourself grace and take it easy and take it slow. Yeah. Hey, take it easy. Hey. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. I love that. Wow. The Eagles just come in and out of our lives so easily. But I I really like that you brought that up because we do want to reiterate that everyone's journey is so unique. So even if it seems very easy and seamless, just know that they've also had to work through a lot to get to the point of where they are. They really did. But we're so happy Janelle is there and feeling like themselves. And there was one more little tidbit you wanted to add to her in case you missed it. Yes, this one is going to be really quick, but I truly cannot stop thinking about this TV show. It's called Heartstopper, and it's on Netflix. So pod listeners, I really encourage all of you to please watch this show. Um, I have a few more episodes to go. It's very, very easy, though. I think they're only like 30 minutes long, and I think there's only eight or so episodes. But I'm telling you, my heart was jumping out of its chest. Like, Just to give you a little context, the show is about two teens, Charlie and Nick, and they're two British boys, and they just discover that their friendship might be a little bit more as they just navigate through school, through love, and um, it's just like really cute. And the way they film it and the colors, and there's like these little illustrations that happen, which to me perfectly describe the feeling when you have a crush or you're getting giddy. It's like, I I don't know. I just want you all to watch it and then let me know what you think. Okay, I'm putting it on my list. I can't wait. 
And I feel like there's a lot of good queer content coming out of the UK. Even like sex education on Netflix has some really good queer representation, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I really want to watch uh, sex education. I watched a little bit with you, Sarah, when we lived in our little condo. But um, I think I stopped, so I'll try and get it, get back into it. And then I'll watch Heartstopper. Wow, I love how, I love how we support each other. We always support each other through the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Just like you. <gasps> Thank you. Ugly. <laughs> Just getting beautiful. Ugly heart. Gorgeous, honey. You're gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Yes, so gorgeous. And speaking of gorgeous, thank you again, Kira, for uh, chatting with us. You are the best. And uh, yeah, we hope you guys like this conversation. If you have any comments, questions, concerns. anything you wanted to add to the conversation, yeah, concerns, we'll take about those. About Sarah and I, we'll take those. Yeah, we're concerned about ourselves, honestly. So um, that would be fabulous. Just shoot us a DM. You know, you know we're in the DMs at Girl X Girl Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, I'll be patiently waiting. <laughs> yeah, because Persis runs the Instagram account. Oh, my God. That poll was neck and neck. <laughs> Guys, okay, pod listeners, I'm very shocked. Do you think I'm that narcissistic? Okay, just, just for a quick context to close out this episode, I typically am running the Instagram account. I posted some photos of Persis, some cute photos, and said... It, the caption was like Persis Appreciation Post or something like that. And then I made a joke being like, can you guys guess who runs this account? And then I put a poll on the story and the poll was like <laughs> literally half and half. People, pe- Half the people thought Purse and half the people thought me, which is hilarious thinking of Persis posting all these photos of herself. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like, love you, love you, girl. <laughs> Purse appreciation. Being like appreciating myself. Yeah. Honestly, I love that energy, but I don't think you would ever actually do that. I post about you a lot. Yeah, you do. The, but you guys have to know, the one time it was me was Sarah's birthday video. That was me. I'll take credit for that. Yeah, take all the credit for that, and I'll take credit for literally everything else. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm signing off because I'm feeling very attacked. Sorry, baby. No, let's finish this conversation with love. I love you. I love you too. I'll talk to you later, skater. Bye.